I have a question for you this morning. How would you feel if someone you dearly loved died and then amazingly came back to life? This classic movie clip shows how one person reacted when that happened to them. Let's take a look. Imagine the joy that the disciples felt when they discovered that Jesus Christ was alive. Over 2,000 years ago, a man came to our world from another place in the universe, and in the truest sense of the word, he was an extraterrestrial. 
And according to the story about him, he had a miraculous birth. He lived, he died, he came back to life, and then he went home. Now, this is a story that that many people have come to believe, a story that some doubt, a story some have rejected, a story that some have never heard. But this story has been told around the world for generation after generation, and it, in fact, is found in the best-selling book of all time, the Bible. And this is a story that is incredibly important, and here's why because it's directly connected to your story and to mine. In fact, you can't understand your story unless you understand his story. And of course, the person I'm talking about is Jesus Christ. The title of the message today is His Story, Our Hope. And here's the big idea, and it's there on your Bible study outline. The story about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us hope, and here's why. Because it proves that God cares about each one of us. My goal on this Easter Sunday is to show you a very important truth that the resurrection proves, and that truth is this. God cares about you. Now, that's something that people often hear, especially when they come to church, but here is the question that I want you to consider with me this morning. How much does God really care about you? How much does God really care about you? Does God care if you can make your mortgage payment this month? Does God care if your kids need braces for their teeth? If you're a student, does God care if you have a a math test or whether you have a date on Friday night? Does God care if there's trouble in your marriage? Does God care this morning if you're lonely or tired or discouraged? Today on Easter Sunday, I want to point out three ways you can know for certain how much God cares about you. And here is the first. God cares enough to reveal himself to you. God cares enough to reveal himself to you. Do you realize that if God did not reveal himself to us, we would have no clue about who God is or what he's like? Now, why is that so important? Because the most important belief that you have is what you believe about God. It affects your entire life. What you believe about God determines how you deal with the past. It determines how you face the future, how you live your life this day. Now, the truth is that God is beyond our comprehension. A man named John Calvin once said that we can know God truly, but we can't know God completely. I mean, a human being trying to understand God would be like an ant looking up at us and trying to figure us out. And because God is beyond our comprehension, God chooses to reveal himself in ways that accommodate our limited intellect. God reveals himself in ways that we can understand. Now, unfortunately, there are a lot of things that can distort our view of God. One thing is what we learn about God from other people. Sometimes the things we learn growing up. Another thing that can distort our view of God is painful experiences, ones that we've gone through personally or or seen other people experience. Movies can distort our view of God where we think that God is like this guy, Morgan Freeman, playing the part of God in a movie called, you know, Bruce Almighty, where God goes on vacation and gives his powers to Jim Carrey while he is gone. However, however, there is only one source that can give us an accurate view of God, and that's God himself. And God has chosen to reveal himself to us in a number of different ways. One is nature. Every time you look at your body, it reveals something about God, the creator. It reveals that God is this incredibly intelligent designer because your body is a marvel of engineering and creativity. When we look at the position of the planets, 
we see that God is highly organized. The earth is perfectly positioned in relationship to the sun so that we don't freeze or burn up. Creation also reveals that God is powerful. Think about the force of a hurricane or a tornado and how that reveals the power of God. And how about this? In nature, we see that God loves beauty and variety. It's one of the reasons I love going to the zoo. Think about the creatures that God's made. It not only reveals his love for beauty and variety, but also I think that God has a sense of humor. Creation tells us so many things about God, but there are things that we need to know about God that nature cannot tell us. And that's why 2,000 years ago, God came to earth in human form. He came in the person of Jesus Christ so that we can know who he is and what he's like. This is what the Bible says about Jesus. Jesus is a light to reveal God to the nations. And this verse says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. And this is what Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. In the Bible, when we read about Jesus taking little children and holding them on his lap and blessing them, that's God holding children on his knee. In the Bible, when we read about Jesus weeping because his friend Lazarus has died, that is God standing there with tears streaming down his face. In the Bible, when we read about Jesus calming the storm, that's God commanding the wind and the waves to obey him. Church, listen, the most important issue that you will ever settle in your whole life is this. Who is Jesus Christ? Is he just a man? Or is he who he claimed to be, God come in the flesh? Now, why is that so important? Because what you believe about Jesus Christ will determine how you spend your life. It will also determine where you spend eternity. And there are people who want to find some kind of middle ground. They say, well, you know, Jesus is a great prophet, a great teacher, but Jesus made it clear that he claimed to be more than just a great prophet or a great teacher. He claimed to be God. And he proved it. Because when he was killed, he came back to life. And church, on this Easter, the resurrection that we celebrate is proof, historically verifiable proof that Jesus is God, a God who wants to reveal himself to you so that you will know what he is like. You see, people often make up their own ideas about God. I've had so many people over the years say, Pastor Dudley, I think God is like this, or I think God is like that. But here's the deal. It doesn't really matter what you think God is like. And it doesn't matter what I think God is like because we would only be guessing. What matters is the truth. And God reveals himself in nature. God reveals himself in the pages of this book we call the Bible. And God reveals himself in the person of Jesus Christ. And here's why that is so critically important. Because unless you have a true understanding of God, you are building your life on a faulty foundation. Let me say that again. Unless you have a true understanding of God, who he is and what he's like, you are building your life on a faulty foundation. And God doesn't want you to do that. And so he reveals who he is to you. Why? Because he cares about you. Now, here's another way that God proves how much he cares about you. God cares enough to rescue you. God cares enough to rescue you. Years ago, I was a firefighter and a paramedic, and this is a jumpsuit that I found in the closet just the other day. I used to wear this when I went to work. And can you read what it says on the back? Hialeah what? What are the next two words? Fire rescue. I uh, sometimes kid with people and say, as a pastor, I'm still involved in fire rescue work. But one of the things that I discovered pretty early on as a firefighter is that there are people who do not realize they need to be rescued. 
I remember one of the calls that we went on when I just had joined the fire department, this woman had called 911 because her husband was having a heart attack and we arrived on the scene and sure enough, the guy had all the classic symptoms. He was short of breath, he had chest pain, he was sweating profusely. And I said to him, so sir, how are you doing? And he said, I'm fine. And I said, sir, you're not fine. It looks like you're having a heart attack and you need to be rescued. You need to go to the hospital. And you know what he said? It's not that bad. Let me just sit here for a while. I'll feel better in just a little bit. One of the things I've discovered as a pastor is that many people do not realize that they need to be rescued. And it isn't until the pain gets really, really bad that they reach out for help. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ came to our world on a rescue mission. And you see, if we didn't need to be rescued, Jesus never would have left his home in heaven. So it begs the question, what do we need to be rescued from? And I want to point out three things that God rescues us from. And the first is this. God rescues us from the guilt of our past. God rescues us from the guilt of our past. I was reading this week about a Girl Scout who has the record for the most Girl Scout cookies sold. How many of you love Girl Scout cookies? Our family loves them. This little girl sold 11,200 boxes of Girl Scout cookies and they asked her, how did you do it? And here was her answer. It's easy. You just have to look people in the eye and make them feel guilty. <laughs> now why is that so easy to do? Because we are guilty. We know that deep inside that we have done things that are wrong. Isn't that true? We know that we've been prideful and selfish and that we've been unforgiving. And the Bible tells us very clearly that what we deserve is God's penalty, God's punishment. And here's something else that we know. When it comes to breaking the law, if you break man's law, you pay man's penalty. There was a, a judge who was in traffic court and he discovered that a lady appeared before him who was a school teacher. And he said this, Madam, I have waited many years for a school teacher to appear before me in this court. Now sit down at that table and write, I will not run a red light 500 times. When you break man's law, you pay man's penalty. When you break God's law, you pay God's penalty. And what is this law? Well, as Jesus summed it up. He said, it's really, it's really this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and strength and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, do any of us do that perfectly? Well, of course not. And what is the penalty for breaking God's law? Well, it's very serious and very sobering. And we know what it is from Scripture. It is to die and to be separated from God forever. And people have asked me this. Well, that sounds so extreme. I mean, that penalty is so harsh. Why? And to understand that, you have to go back to the beginning of the book because God made it clear to Adam and Eve, if you disobey me, you will surely die. And I think, church, one of the reasons that we have a hard time wrapping our minds around that is because to us, sin doesn't seem that serious. In fact, we live in a culture that doesn't take sin seriously, but God does. Because our disobedience, our sin, is an affront to God's very character. God is holy. He can't tolerate our sin. And God is just, which means that he has to punish every sin we've ever committed. That's the bad news. But here is the incredibly good news of Easter. Christ died, notice this phrase, to rescue us from the penalty of our sin. You see, somebody's got to pay for all the wrong things you've done, all the wrong things I've done. And you can pay that price yourself. 
or you can allow Jesus Christ to pay that price for you. That was his mission, to lay down his life for us. And to understand that mission, you have to go back and understand this God who reveals himself as one God but three persons. God says, I exist this way as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And my plan to rescue you meant that God the Son, Jesus Christ, came to earth. And Jesus lived the kind of life that we can't, a perfect life. And then because he was here to rescue us, he allowed himself to be arrested and beaten and hung on a cross. And on that cross, God was willing to do this, to take our sin and our failure and our disobedience and place all of that on Jesus. The scripture says that he was crushed for our sins. He died in our place. And then he came back to life and he offers us a new life. And when you say to Jesus, hey, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I want to believe that you died for my sins. I want to follow you. Here's what God does. He declares you, listen, not guilty. That means you can let go of the past because God has settled your past. You don't have to drag around the guilt and the shame and the regret because God has set you free. And that's what we celebrate at Easter, that God has rescued us from the guilt of our past. Now, here's another way that God rescues us. This is on your outline as well. God rescues us from the fear of death. Look at this Bible verse from the book of Hebrews. It says, Jesus set free those who were slaves all their lives because of their fear of death. Listen to this story. There was an artist who had a number of his paintings on display in a local gallery. And he asked the owner of the gallery if there had been any interest in his paintings. The owner said, well, actually, I have some good news and some bad news. The good news is that a gentleman inquired about your work and wondered if your paintings would appreciate and value after your death. When I told him they would, he bought all 15 of your paintings. That's great, the artist exclaimed. What's the bad news? The guy was your doctor. Woody Allen said this one time. He said, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens. Let me ask you this. Can you honestly say, can you honestly say that you're not afraid to die because you know where you're going to be right after it happens? Friends, God made you and me to last forever. And that means that when you die, that may be the end of your life here on earth, but it is not the end of you. Jesus was so clear about this. He said that we will spend eternity in one of two places. And he talked about them both. And one was really, really good. And what was that place that Jesus talked about? Starts with the letter H. Heaven. And there's another place that Jesus talked about. And we know it's really, really bad. And what's the name of that place? Hell. Now, this morning, you may not believe that there is a hell. In fact, this morning, you, you may not believe that, that you need to be rescued by God. And this is what you're hoping that when that day comes, and it certainly will, that you'll stand before God and say something like this, well, God, I tried really hard to be a good person. I mean, I was better than my neighbor. I was better than that guy at work. God, what, what I thought you were going to do is kind of take all the good things I'd done and, and kind of weigh them against the bad, and if the good outweighed the bad, I'd be okay. I want you to know this morning that's not what the Bible says, and it's not what Jesus taught about how we can be accepted by God. Look at this verse from the Bible. For it is by God's what? God's grace that you have been saved through faith, that is faith in Christ. It is not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift so that no one can boast about it. 
Listen, when you admit that you need to be rescued, when you say, God, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior and I want to I follow Jesus, God makes you a promise. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will adopt you as my son or daughter into my forever family and you no longer need to be afraid of death. Why? Because my son Jesus Christ conquered death for you. Over the years that I've worked as a firefighter and paramedic and certainly in my role as a pastor, I have seen, I've seen a lot of people die. I've been right there when they passed from this life to the next. And I can tell you this, I have seen people die in peace and I have seen people die in absolute terror because they were so afraid to die. And so often when I've had the privilege of doing a funeral service for someone who's a believer, I, I talk about the story of Lazarus coming back to life, how Jesus has power over death, how Jesus didn't just come to cry with us but to defeat death itself. And there's a beautiful passage in John 11 where Jesus says this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though they die, yet they shall live. And every Easter I think about that. I thought about it this morning. I got up and the sun was coming up and I thought, you know, I really miss my, my family. I miss my mom and my dad. But I have this confidence. I have this, this certainty that I'm going to see them again. And I know that's true for so many of us here this morning. There are people that, that we've lost, that we love dearly. And the hope of Easter is that we will be reunited. That day is coming. And what a day it will be. Church, realize that God came to rescue us, not just from the guilt of the past. He came to rescue us from our fear of death as well. And here's another way that God rescues us. God rescues us from a meaningless life. God rescues us from a meaningless life. Look at this verse, the words of Jesus. I came to give life, life in all its fullness. Now, why did Jesus say that? Because we don't experience life in all of its fullness apart from him. It really is that simple. Think about this. How often do you ask somebody, how are you doing? And they say, oh, I'm getting by. I'm doing okay under the circumstances. I'm surviving. Well, listen, God didn't create us to survive. He made us to thrive. He made us to have the best life possible by knowing him. I mean, there's got to be more to life, don't you think, than getting up and going to work and paying the bills and eating dinner and watching TV and going to bed and getting up and doing it all over again. And there is. And listen, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for your life, and his plan is this, for you to know him and love him and have a relationship with him. And that's the third way we know that God cares. He cares enough to relate to you and to me. God cares enough to relate to us. I read a story this week about a young man. His name is Charles Murray, and he was preparing for the Summer Olympics. His event was diving, and he was a student at the University of Cincinnati, and this is his story. Charlie didn't grow up in a Christian home, never went to church as a kid, and when he first met people who started telling him that God really cared about him, he was skeptical but interested. Over the next semester, Charlie developed a friendship with a Christian student, and one night he decided to call his friend up. He said, tell me again about those verses in the Bible that, that say that God cares about me, and his friend shared those verses with him. After he hung up the phone, 
Charlie decided to go over to the pool to practice. And because he was training for the Olympics, he had special privileges and could use the pool whenever he wanted, even when it was closed. When he arrived at the diving center, the lights were turned off, but there was a full moon so Charlie could see his way to climb up the ladder to the diving platform. As he reached the top and turned around to do his first dive, he stretched out his arms, and when he did, he saw a huge shadow on the ceiling that formed the shape of a cross. And all of a sudden, it hit him. God really cared about him. And right then and there on that diving platform, Charlie prayed and dedicated his life to Jesus Christ. A few minutes later, as he was sitting there on the diving platform, 30 feet in the air, a janitor entered the building and flipped on the lights. And Charlie saw what he had not seen in the moonlight. There was no water in the pool. It had been drained for repairs. I read that story this week, and I thought about Charlie, the fact that he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was in control of his life and that God cared about him. But I also thought about this. That's not the way that a lot of stories end, is it? Because there is tragedy, and there is heartache, and there is pain, and there is suffering. But church, hear me well. That does not mean that God does not care. And if you ever doubt that God cares, then look back at that cross Remember that Jesus sacrificed his life for you. Remember the empty tomb, that he is alive. And because he is alive, God will keep every promise he has ever made to you or to me. And on this Easter, realize that that God cares so much that he not only reveals himself to you, he not only rescues you, he wants you to have a relationship with him. Look at this verse. This is from 2 Corinthians. It says, God was using Christ to restore his relationship with humanity. And this verse that comes from Romans chapter 5, now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends of God. Let me ask you this. How would you like to have all the wrong things you've ever done completely forgiven so that your past is entirely settled? How would you like to have a power that is so great that it can enable you to face whatever challenges is in your life right now? How would you like to be certain of your future? See, that's the difference that Easter makes because that can be true for you this morning. How is it possible to to know those things? You have to come to God and talk to him. It's more than just knowing the facts about Easter. It's acting on that information and saying, God, you know what, I... I know that I'm a sinner, and I want to turn away from my sin. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead, and I want to follow him. And listen, this is what I believe. I I believe that the chair you're sitting in this morning is not random. God knew exactly where you would be sitting today. He knew that you would be here this morning. And God wanted you to be here so that you could hear this message, because listen, this isn't just me speaking. God is speaking through me to you. And Christian, hear me well. God brought you here this morning so that you could hear these words from God. I care about you. I love you. And because of what my son has done, you have nothing to prove and nothing to hide and nothing to fear. And if you have never made a commitment to follow Christ, God knows that. And he's brought you here this morning so that you can hear not only that he cares about you, he brought you here so you can make a decision to follow Christ.
And so right now, in this place, on this Easter Sunday, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Could we just bow our heads and pray together this morning? Father, I want to thank you for Easter, that Jesus came to give us a new life. And God, on behalf of every Christian here this morning, we thank you, God, that because of Jesus, our past really is settled and our future is assured and you will give us strength for today. And listen, today, if, if you've never trusted Christ, if you're not sure where you would be five minutes after you die, you can settle that here and now by talking to God. And I want to do this. I want to give you the opportunity to pray, but, but I really don't want to put words in your mouth. I want you to talk to God in your own words. So right now, in your own way, in your own words, tell God that you're sorry for your sin and you want to turn away from it. Just tell God that in your own words. And tell God this morning that you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead. And finally, in your own words, tell God that you want to make the choice to follow Jesus. God, you hear the cry of every heart, every heart that is seeking you. And I thank you for hearing the prayers that have been offered in this place this morning. And listen, with our heads still bowed, if you, if you prayed this morning, just now, to become a Christian, would you do this with everybody's head bowed? Would you just slip your hand up and acknowledge that? Great. God sees your heart and he sees your hand this morning. And listen, with our heads still bowed, maybe this morning you're going through a tough time. You know, maybe you're feeling discouraged or alone. Maybe you're overwhelmed. Would you just pray this in your heart? God, I want to give you all these problems I'm facing right now. I need your strength to manage the stress in my life. Please fill me with your hope and your power on this Easter morning. For I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed this morning, and I know that, that a number of you did, I'd like you to do this. There is a, a card inside your program. On the back, it says, my prayer request. On the front, it says, Boynton Beach Community Church. But if you look at the bottom, it says, today, for the first time, I pray to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. Now, if that was true for you, here's what I'd like you to do after the service. We have a table. There's a table. If you look to your left, under the welcome sign is a table with our gift bags for guests. And just to the right is another table. And if you prayed to receive Christ this morning, we've got some resources for you to help you get started in your relationship with Christ. So I'd love for you to take that card and just hand it to the person who's there and they'll give you a letter for me and some resources as well. And listen, if this is your first time at BBCC, if you don't have a church home, we would love for you to come and check out our church. Next week, I'm gonna begin a new series of messages called How Big Is Your God? And I'm really excited about it and I'd like for you to, to be a part of that series as well. Church, on this Easter morning, we have so much to celebrate, so much to be thankful for. And as we close our service this morning, I want us to think carefully about what the victory of Christ means for us as we sing this song together. It's called, I Will Rise. <laughs>